0: When you're on a tight deadline, you need your technology to hold up its end of the bargain. No lagging, no freezing, no spinning wheel of death. But if you can get ahead of these issues, you improve productivity, you improve security, you improve the digital employee experience. Because the future of the digital employee experience is not just predictive, it's proactive. And that's what we're talking about today with Bill Taylor.
1: We're not just in the sort of the ticket taking business of fixing a problem, moving on to the next issue and fixing that person by person, but rather having a mindset of solving the problem at a macro level so it doesn't reoccur, we're getting out in front before it impacts large populations within the organization within MSCI.
0: Bill is Managing Director at MSCI, a global leader in investment services and solutions. Bill has over 20 years of experience and he brings with him an engineering mindset of solving problems instead of just fixing them. And today, Bill is discussing the benefits of shifting employee communications to video, why it's important to offer accessibility options by default, and how MSCI leverages data to be proactive instead of reactive. On Cruising Altitude, we talk about employee experience lessons from leaders at companies with over 30,000 employees. A lot like reaching cruising altitude at 30,000 feet, things look a little different when you're managing 30,000 people. On this podcast, we bring you insights from the leaders who inhabit that rarefied air. Today's episode features an interview with Bill Taylor. But first, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cruising Altitude. This episode is brought to you by FirstUp, the company that's redefining the digital employee experience to put people first and lift companies up by connecting every worker everywhere with the information that helps them do their best work. First Up has helped over 40% of the Fortune 100 companies like Amazon, Ford, and Pfizer stay agile and keep transforming. Learn more at firstup.io.
1: I manage workplace technology, and we think of workplace technology at MSCI as the technology, whether it's hardware or software, that our employees are interacting with and using every single day, regardless of where they are. So, specifically, part of my team's responsibility will include handling of laptops and other types of devices uh, that people are using to connect. Uh, also, the applications, the common applications that are used across the all the employees, things like Microsoft 365 or Microsoft Teams, uh, as two quick examples. And... In addition we're responsible for you know the technology in the offices, specifically the meeting room technology uh, which we have uh, a great deal happening with right now.
0: Before we really take off let's take an overall look at MSCI and get an understanding of the employees Bill is working with in the flight plan.
1: Taking your MSCI is a financial services firm that is providing critical decision-making tools to investors and in support of the global investment community. And we have focuses in a number of different areas, uh, specifically ESG, climate. Uh, We have an index business, an analytics business, and uh, a business that uh, focuses on real estate. So MSCI is a company of about 5,000 people or so, and we have a number of different Uh, employee personas that we are constantly thinking about, and especially if we think about from an experience perspective. Uh, We have client-facing teams and sales teams, uh, as well as uh, business product teams. We kind of think of that as one persona. Mm -hmm. Nearly half the company is made up of technologists, engineers, developers. So that's another component or persona that we think about. Uh, we also have uh, a third component or persona where we would think of our internal functions like HR, marketing, finance, legal and compliance. We also have a, what we classify it as another persona of executive assistants uh, only because their needs and requirements tend to be unique and different from most of the other employees. So we, we think of those as well. And one other a persona would be our research teams, uh, which tend to be very heavily sort of quantitative oriented, right? So they have very specific needs in order for them to perform their job.
0: The varied roles and locations of the employees Bill is serving means he has a lot to juggle.
1: I think unique challenges that I face at MSCI related to employee experiences is ultimately, we talked a little bit about the different types of personas that we have. So we have a, we have a number of different working styles uh, or working requirements across those different personas. So we have to often look at each of these persona types and determine you know, what do we have to tweak or potentially significantly change in order to give the best employee experience possible. I think the other aspect of this is we're a global organization, right? And so the sort of needs and experiences that – You know, people may expect in the United States may be very different than what people need and expect uh, in India. So uh, just as an example, our aim, our goal, our mission is to provide a world-class employee experience, again, regardless of where you are. So uh, I think that's been a a specific uh, challenge.
0: But it's a challenge Bill is up to, and over his seven years at MSCI, he has made a big difference in the seamlessness of the digital workflow across roles and locations for a truly first-class experience.
1: So at MSCI, you know, we've transformed the workplace technology organization and function over the last three years or so. with a significant focus on how do we create the best employee experience possible. And so we've done a few things uh, in that time to make that happen. The first is we've changed the mindset of the team to be proactive instead of reactive. I think when you think about traditional workplace technology or IT types of support, it's often responding to problems that people are having and then fixing it and moving on to the next problem. And what, what My team has really evolved into, and we've invested in tools as well to help with this, is to be proactive in two different ways at least, right? One would be using the tools to help us ascertain and assess what's happening in our environment where we can get in front of certain issues or problems and at a minimum inform people about what those might be, but ideally actually fixing them before they impact the large portion of our organization. And then secondly, as a person reports a problem that comes in, what we want is to take that problem and see who else is having it. And again, that's where the tools come in to help us. And from that perspective, it enables us to you know, be out in front and solve the problems and before they become more widely impacting. The second thing we've done is upgrade our talent. We've Intentionally gone out into the market and looked for people with the mindset that I've just described—the mindset that we're not just in that sort of the ticket-taking business of fixing a problem, moving on to the next issue and fixing that person by person, but rather having a mindset of solving the problem at a macro level so it doesn't reoccur. We're getting out in front before it impacts large populations within the organization within MSCI. And the last thing, and this is really something I've taken a lot of interest in and a lot of pride in in terms of how we've changed, it's communicating. And it's using modern methods to reach our employees, especially when we talk about adoption of new tools, of new applications, and new features and functions that could be available within them. What we've done is we've now started to communicate to our employees through short video articles. Uh, Or short video clips, right, that are describing and showing people a new feature or function that might be available in, like, Microsoft Teams or Outlook or other applications that everybody's using. We've designed ways to keep people informed but not overwhelm them. And again, we've really looked to put together information that is easy to consume, easy to understand, and honestly, you know, makes it relatively fun, so to speak, in terms of being able to give people something that they look forward to each uh, week when we're publishing the content that we'd like them to see.
0: Bill mentioned getting out in front of issues before they arise, and he does that through specific tools they have in place at MSCI that help them identify where those issues are cropping up.
1: One of those tools is called Think, and this actually gives us an incredible amount of data from all of the endpoint devices and an MSCI, mostly that is laptops, that people are using, that allows us to correlate specific problems a person might be having with what is happening on their laptop. And so, what we've been able to do, for one quick example around this is related to people who may be experiencing just slow performance on their laptop. And so, what we're doing is constantly monitoring things like memory usage and how other performance aspects of their laptop. And when it crosses a certain threshold, the way we use Nextink is it actually puts a little pop-up on the person's screen that tells them, hey, we think you may be having some slow performance, uh, and here are some actions you can take to reduce that, right, and up to and including you know just restarting their machine, right? Or another example is we would tell people that, hey, we've noticed that you haven't, restarted your machine in X number of days, right? And usually that's like nine or 10 days. That gives them an opportunity again to restart their machine and bring it back to a a, a more stable state. So by getting out in front of uh, these issues, we've been able to, you know, give people a better experience. Like we're not just forced rebooting their laptop right in the middle of their business day, which is, again, another Experience point that is just awful for a person, right? Especially these days when people are on meetings nearly all the time and they're always online, right? So restarting a machine could significantly impact their productivity. So we put things into the employee's hands so they can make the decisions about what's going to work best for them and when it will work best for them.
0: Another important tool used for employee communication is the MSCI intranet.
1: We have a intranet home site that runs on SharePoint that we call The Hub. And Within the hub are many tiles of information or news stories, if you will, that are powered by the first up platform, which we refer to internally at MSCI as my MSDI. We partner very, very closely with our internal communications team uh, to present information to employees in a way that allows them to easily absorb it. Uh, and easily get to it. So one of the great things that we've done over the past couple of years is going to integrate the first up platform with our SharePoint intranet homepage, so that we're constantly presenting articles and information to our employees. And we have different types of sections, right? So we'll have an executive section, so which is information and announcements coming from our most senior executives at the firm. Uh, we have a community section where right? we have a number of offices. We're almost uh, 30 offices across the globe. And the community section is an opportunity where we see what's happening in other offices, right? It's kind of a little more of a fun section, if you will. So our MyMSDI platform has, a, has become a, a really big draw, I would say, in terms of where information is shared that we want all employees to see.
0: But the format of information bill's team is sharing with employees has changed since he started there
1: when i think back to even just you know 18 months ago 24 months ago we were posting articles into my MSCI for people to see and they were written you know we have a headline that would hopefully you know attract and draw in an attention and then we'd have a, a bit of a written you know, bullets or a paragraph or something that would describe what we were communicating, you know, what was the new feature or function that we were uh, wanting them to highlight and know about and how to use it. And initially we linked into external sites uh, like a Microsoft site or maybe some YouTube video somewhere, right, where we would kind of show, that would give more information or or show people how to use it. And even since then, you know, we moved from, you know, relying on external sites uh, to kind of creating content that was a bit more connecting to people because we were referencing internal types of information or uses in the last eight or nine months or so have really switched over to video content. And, you know, you think about Instagram or TikTok and things of that nature, but, you know, these are huge draws of how people consume their information today. Um, And nobody has time to read through articles. Really, I feel like the written word in terms of uh, these types of information is becoming less and less of a a draw for people. It's almost non-existent. And I think people are in a a place now, both through their personal and their own social media interactions, are in a place of enjoying and uh, really absorbing what a short video tells them. So that's what we've done. We've moved to these 60 to 90-second videos, sometimes they're even less and that get the point across, demonstrate it, and offer people links or something else if they're interested in the topic to explore it themselves even more.
0: The shift to video is part of a larger conversation around knowing when it's time to change, and that includes upgrading the tech tools they use at MSCI.
1: Knowing when it's time to upgrade tools, this comes from a couple of different things, right? One could just be that, hey, the current version of your applications that you're using are getting too old, you know there's many releases or even a new release that, that may be available, right? And so you want to deploy that. You want to obviously keep on top of uh, security and all those types of things so that we're patching uh, appropriately. The second is round requirements, right? So what are we hearing from our employees, right? And again, from a workplace tech organization perspective, that's something that didn't exist three years ago, three or four years ago when I started managing this organization. We've really built a what we refer to as a customer success team that is interacting more with our employees so we can understand better about what their needs are and get ahead of them. It's really created a environment where our employees feel comfortable, they know who to go to for myself and within my organization in order to help them get what they need ultimately. So that's a second aspect of it. Like we research you know what various options are from a solution perspective that can help meet their needs. And then I would say the last piece when it comes to knowing when it's time to upgrade is when conditions change, right? And the best example, right, that everybody's experienced has been with the pandemic and COVID. And so conditions changed. People were not in the office at all anymore. They were at home or somewhere else. We knew we had to make investments in various different components to help people be as productive and effective as possible, whether it was webcams or monitors or helping them get keyboards, mice, whatever it may be from a peripheral perspective as just one specific example. Then conditions changed again, right? We started to come back to the office and at MSCI we've embraced hybrid work. People may be in, people may be out. We're a global organization so we've always had conditions where people are meeting with each other and they're not in the same location. And the biggest aspect of this as we came back into the office was we wanted to, when people were all remote and everybody was in a meeting, right? Everybody was in their own little video box and everybody could be heard well and everybody could hear everybody else who was in the meeting. But when you start to come back to the office and go into meeting rooms, it's a very different situation. You have a group of people in a meeting room And you have people who are not in a meeting room and in what I would call you know pre-pandemic days, those who are not in that room think often had a very hard time connecting to what was happening in the room, both visually and audibly and vice versa, right? Those in the room may not have been able to really connect well with people outside the room. So we've made investments in our meeting room technology in order to create that experience where both People in the room and out of the room feel equal within the meeting. And so any of the investments I mentioned, for sure, our leadership has been behind because they know it's making our employees more effective and more productive at the end of the day.
0: But Bill says his team needs to be judicious about these upgrades because each one is an investment.
1: We have 200 or more meeting rooms across all of our offices. We are not upgrading every room uh, for, for multiple reasons, right? One is just the overall dollars associated with that but the more important is how are we how are the rooms being used people coming back into an office and having these types of hybrid meetings in different ways than they did before the pandemic and so we're watching again how people come back into the office and when they come back to the office or in in, in what numbers are coming back and lastly we want feedback on the technology that we are implementing because you don't want to invest in technology that ultimately is providing a poor experience.
0: With each upgrade, too, comes some amount of change management. Bill's team offers tiered options of basic to advanced instructions for users who prefer more information or support with the change. And that communication is targeted towards the appropriate group.
1: From the perspective of there's sort of that, like what you might call it, like the instant change management that has to be done in the sense that There was an old technology in place on Monday, and then, you know, Monday night we put the new tech in place, and so there, now it's there on Tuesday. So there is sort of that initial change, right, that happens that you want to let people know about, and so we're communicating that through, you know, and we target it, right? We're not letting the whole firm know we set up one particular room in our New York City office, for example, right? We're targeting that to our New York City employees, so there is the aspect of letting people know what's changed. There is, again, all of that's done ahead of time, right, ahead of the change. Is We're preparing, again, short sort of videos that would demonstrate how the room is used, the advantages of it. We really want to, like, sell and market these things and get people to utilize the rooms and, like I say, most importantly, give us feedback about it. And there's obviously some instructions in the room on how to use the new technology as well. But the thing that's really changed, in my mind anyway, is that, it's not just about that instant, you know, Monday to Tuesday shift and letting people know about it, right? We have new hires, you know, coming in all the time. How are we informing them about this technology and how to use it? We have, in addition to new hires, you'll have people who will come in and use the room in January and may not use the room again until June. And they're not necessarily going to retain how to engage with the technology in the room in the most effective way. It is a challenge, right, because you want to provide simple and easy instructions for people to reference and utilize, yet some of the technology and capabilities that are available can get a little complex, right? So we actually have done both. In other words, we'll have like a bit of a two-sided, one-page document in a room where one side is just, hey, this is the easy way to connect, and then, you know, some more advanced instructions on the other side that, give people some information.
0: Aside from offering tiers of instructions, there are other ways MSCI is differentiating the user experience so every employee can access and make the most of their tech tools.
1: I think some applications and some vendors of software products do a really great job with accessibility, building in accessibility features that help people who have specific challenges. And I think Microsoft has done a, a great job with this, especially when You you think about, like, people who may have a hard time visually, that there are many options to actually listen to content, right, and hear and then audibly respond to it. So those types of instances are great. It's a a tremendous benefit. But I never really, from a workplace tech point of view, I never thought much about it. I kind of knew those features and functions were there, Uh, but figured people could find out about it on their own if they were that interested in in knowing more about it. So I didn't think a lot about it at MSDI. One of the great things about working here is the different employee resource groups that we have. We have a a black leadership network. We have a a, employee resource group called the Asian support network. We have a pride resource group. We have a climate action resource group. And one resource group that I've become very involved with is we call it our All Abilities Resource Group. This kicked off maybe 18 months or so ago. And at the time, I wasn't, I had not joined the resource group at the time, but there was sort of this kickoff call that was available that all employees could join. And there was this great guest speaker. His name was Rich Donovan. He was a founder of the uh, Return on Disability Group. And he said something that just completely, it was a complete mindset shift for me. And he basically said that, hey, you you know, you know, have people in your organization who have challenges, but they are never going to tell you about those challenges. That's all he said. That told me, oh, wait a second here. We have all these potential solutions that we can offer to people to help them. And just because I'm not hearing about them or physically seeing someone who may have a specific disability doesn't mean that they don't need them so that's when it struck me I was like I need to help get the information out there let people know that these solutions or features or functions within applications exist right and then put that out there let everybody know about it and I'll be honest with you it's like the more I learned about these features and functions the more I learned them myself I use them myself I should say right so You know, whether it's, you know, dictating an email, right, as opposed to typing it, because it's just easier. We can realize that every single person in our organization can take advantage of these tools and functions. And, um, again, it was, you know, that moment of just realizing that, hey, people are not going to tell you about their issues that they're having. And, like, that made perfect sense to me. Like, why would they, right? So to make those solutions available... Uh, and advertise them to people to let them know about it. And again, going back to our whole communication strategy and how we communicate information, uh, anytime we're communicating about a feature or function that is something that we would uh, feel associated with that all abilities employee resource group, we make sure to brand it that way, right? So people, uh, especially I think people who could really take advantage of these things because they really need it, they can focus in on that and and read or watch more about it.
0: MSCI has always had its eye on what's next. What does the future of work look like? And how could the work experience be improved? One major event that really solidified that mindset was, of course, the pandemic.
1: At MSCI, we started a future of work steering committee, which I was part of mid-2020. So I feel like MSCI has been sort of right at the edge uh, and thinking about this right from the start. As soon as we realized that, hey, this is a significant change and who knows what the future brings, right? So we were preparing for that and working through uh, how we would think about the future of work. But I personally think the future of work is now the present of work. MSCI is a company that truly embraced hybrid working. And while that will continue to evolve, in my view, this is absolutely here to stay yeah you know, I think people have spoken that for sure. We're interacting with our employees a lot, not just from a workplace tech perspective, but also from an overall employee engagement perspective. And we've the feedback we've gotten from our employees about how they feel about how we've implemented a future of work at MSDI is overwhelmingly positive. Now, from the perspective of you know how are we handling this digitally, right? As we moved into the pandemic and through the pandemic, we've implemented, the right tools and technology to enable people to stay connected, to be able to collaborate, to be able to you know, visually see each other and work together. Bill
0: and his team have truly transformed the digital employee experience at MSCI, so new information is targeted and more digestible. And the tech tools work more smoothly, but Bill wouldn't be able to support such a world-class employee experience without also having seen the more rough and tumble side as well.
1: I think a a very awful employee experience is when you as an employee, you need help and you can't get the answers that you need to solve whatever problem you're having. And I think about interactions with sort of the very first point of call, if you will, that most employees would have, which is a help desk. So I've seen some really significantly bad experiences when you call a help desk and it's very difficult to a, communicate with the person in the sense that they are not understanding the problem you're describing and are ultimately not able to help you. I've had experiences where that help desk person would, you know, they want to be helpful and nothing in taking away there for sure, but they will remote into your laptop or your desktop PC and attempt to find the problem, right? And you could tell they're sort of just, you know, wandering around, like just trying different things, seeing if it works or not works. And you know, you're sitting there you know waiting half hour, forty five minutes, an hour, and you just wasted that much time. right and So those have been not positive experiences at all.
0: He's also tried some things that haven't worked as well as he had hoped.
1: So one of the things that I think we've had challenges with in getting this off the ground is what we would call like a champions or an ambassador program, some people might call it a tried and true method of being able to really connect with the employees at a company so that you know what's happening, you know what how they're feeling about things, getting requirements, helping them with solutions. Um, and you know it's something we've we've attempted to kick off you know using various blueprints that we had from vendors that we worked with, but it's been a challenge certain groups of people are very engaged with us and, you know, others are not. And it's ultimately how much time do you spend trying to engage people that may not want to be so engaged, right? So that's been a particular challenge for us because ultimately at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is understand where those negative employee experiences are happening so that we could do things to fix it ultimately. The only thing I would say or might add here would be I think the importance of connecting with stakeholders to provide the best employee experience possible when we're trying to get that type of bigger program off the ground it is critical that you know myself and my leadership team are connecting with the stakeholders that represent those different personas i talked about so that we're gathering information listening to requirements and on listening to challenges people have so that we're able to provide them the most uh, optimal solution that gives them the best experience
0: But whenever Bill faces a challenge, he says the most important thing is to be actively involved in solving the problem with his employees.
1: When I think about, you know, leadership in times of change, a number of things come to mind. I think first is my leadership style is very much hands-on. I like to know and understand details. And this way I understand and know specifically the challenges that people are having, whether they're on my team or whether it's like employees that are having specific issues. My leadership style is one where I lead from the front. And as our CEO, Henry Fernandez, says, and I feel exactly the same, is that I don't ask people to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. So when we send people home at the beginning of COVID, one quick example is we immediately put together training classes for people, right? So they understood the most effective way they could work at home, how they could use Microsoft Teams, how they could, from their devices at home, make their connections back to the information and content that they needed or data that they needed that was within the MSCI network, right? So I was giving those classes at the time, right? In addition to people on my team, I'll do whatever it takes to help solve our problem right? to help our employees, again, have a positive experience. And making sure that we're giving our people the best experience possible, whether no matter where they are, right? Whether they're in the office or outside the office.
0: So get out in front. Get out in front of employees and be hands-on with their digital experience. Get out in front of problems before they become larger issues. Leverage data to enable a smoother, more productive digital employee experience. The future of work is here. Welcome aboard. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cruising Altitude. This episode is brought to you by First Up the company that is redefining the digital employee experience to put people first and lift companies up by connecting every worker everywhere with the information that helps them do their best work. FirstUp has helped over 40% of the Fortune 100 companies like Amazon, AB InBev, Ford, and Pfizer stay agile and keep transforming. Learn more at firstup.io.